You're listening to The Local Maximum, episode 234. Time to expand your perspective. Welcome to The Local Maximum. Now, here's your host, Max Clark. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. You have reached another Local Maximum. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about a branch of mathematics called category theory. You might have heard of category theory. You might have heard that it's really abstract and that it's difficult to learn. And, uh, you know, you're probably right. There are probably some simpler uh, formulations of category theory, but I I would say you're not wrong. Um, But did you know that category theory is used at companies throughout the world and at some of the biggest names that you're aware of? You know, I, I didn't know the extent of this, and uh, but uh, because of the research that I've been doing through Local Maximum Labs and through NewMap AI, uh, I recognize this solution to storing and understanding data as being an absolute game changer. Now, I know that a lot of you out there probably don't know much about category theory. Maybe you tried to get into it at one point and, uh, and kind of hit a brick wall. Uh, maybe some of you haven't queried databases and, and, and the like. And, and, and today's, today's topic is high-level stuff. But uh, rest assured, we are not going to try to teach you category theory in the next 30 minutes. We're going to go easy on you. We're just going to talk about how it is actually affecting what is going on to technology in the market. Because there's a lot of tech out there where it's really kind of difficult to understand, uh, not understand, but where it's, um, there's a lot of tech out there where it's kind of really easy to see where this is going and what a game changer it is. For example, a self-driving car. Pretty straightforward, right? Uh, but category theory as uh, a as something you could use in a database, that's something that's going to be harder to wrap your round, uh, head around. So you're going to learn something brand new today. You're going to expand your mind. Um, and I think that uh, this episode has uh, at least something for everyone to think about, whether it's why to learn math and how to apply it, how companies can come out of universities, or as I especially like to point out on this show, just the the ways you can uh, approach this in your personal life. Like, how does the idea of validation of information fit in with what you do? And by the way, pretty much everyone's job that is listening to this today is gathering and organizing and disseminating information. I don't care what you do. So this question applies to you. All right. My next guest is the chair, co-founder, and CEO of Conexus, the company who believes that software systems should be able to exchange exchange data reliably, even under the most complex circumstances, and they use the latest research in high-level mathematics or metamathematics or category theory to bring this to reality. Eric Daimler, you've reached the local maximum. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to have reached the local maximum. Yes, yes, and hopefully uh, many more better uh, local maximums to follow. Um, so let's just start with, um, uh, well, I want to get into like the, the core technology of, of what you're working on, the core technology of, of codenexus.ai, but, but before we get there, uh, maybe you can give uh, our audience, for someone who's just coming in, into this, not knowing what any of this is, like, like what is this you guys are, are, are working on, and, and how did you get to it? What's the, what's the, what's the like three-minute version of of the the journey of of what you're building and how you came to be building it yeah sure sure uh, you know one thing that i i got from uh, my time in the u.s federal government was a vantage point uh, about the largest problems of implementing 
uh, emergent compositional systems or uh, increasingly complex automated systems. Uh, I found that early on in this process, bringing together databases and models with guaranteed integrity uh, was a blocker. Uh, that testing, uh, no matter how many times you could do it, uh, wouldn't bring the level of certainty needed for flying a commercial aircraft or uh, operating uh, a, a, a public utility. What Connexus does is takes a discovery in math in this particular domain of category theory, uh, this meta math that connects uh, different different problems from different do, uh, uh, sets of math and applies that to databases. And it's from that that the whole world opens up where you can connect data sets and data models across teams with guaranteed integrity of those models. So it, it enables everything from uh, Uber to crush Lyft with their math dominating Lyft and being able to operate with more alacrity, balancing supply and demand, their driver supply to rider demand, and to a large oil and gas company that needs to make sure that they uh, decrease their time to first oil and move their rigs more effectively uh, from uh, a place where one exploratory hole gets drilled to another with uh, uh, safety uh, being uh, their priority, uh, to operating windmills uh, that all come from different manufacturers and have different designs for, for deployment, operation, and maintenance. So in those different domains, this math brings power by integrating data sets and data models with a guaranteed integrity. So I, we're going to get into some examples, especially the math in a little bit, but I, I just want to add, like, first of all, you know, in, in in my time as an engineer, one of the things that um, I've noticed is that, you know, just um, just trying to translate between different data models is uh, and and doing upgrades and you know making sure things are backward compatible and all that, you know, is one of the main problems. And it's it's also one of the problems that I think causes the nastiest, uh, most unforeseen bugs. Like, you know, there are days when I come into the office and it's like, oh my God, everything broke. How did this happen? You trace it back. It's because of it's because one of these data models is because something you know something got upgraded at the wrong time or you know someone some type it well not a type error, but like, you know, someone was expecting one data type and got another t data type and something got flipped. And it's like, wow, that is a lot of lost productivity just from those types of errors. So uh, for, from my perspective, just, you know, I, I think like that's the problem that you're, you're trying to solve. And, and that's the way to get like, uh, you know, like you said, you, you were working for the U S federal government, largest, large complex automated systems. I mean, this is like, this kind of stuff is like, order of magnitude, uh, it's like one of those 10x problems in terms of productivity. I, is, is that how you see it? You know, the, the, the canonical 10x benefit is certainly there uh, just in terms of the dollars, but it's really immeasurable in terms of the safety. You know, what's changed over the last 10 or 20 years is that this difficulty that you just described in bringing together models and still finding errors is now so vast, uh, it permeates so many parts of these large organizations that it bec has become increasingly evident to, that it is the blocker to be uh, fulfilling on the, the, the magic that we 
hear about in the daily discourse for uh, AI. That's what's happened now is companies are prioritizing this uh, the, this, the solving of this particular problem. You see this being nibbled away uh, with other technologies such as data lake or slightly structured lake houses uh, uh, or data warehouses. That, that gets at the problem slightly, but many of those are a little bit like uh, uh, throwing all my library books in one big building and then saying, well, they're all together now. You know, yeah. or saying, uh, oh, I'm get, I, I, I put them into different high piles by color. Now they're, now they're, now it's sorted and structured. You know, right. It gets, or, it gets some of the way there, but it certainly you wouldn't want to rely on that if you then right. had a billion well, books, or in this case, you know, a billion uh, data points or a billion data models. And that's that's what's changing and forcing uh, uh, companies to rethink the implementation of this technology. Yeah. Well, maybe a specific example. And I don't know if I should be talking about a, a previous employer this way, but but I, it's such a great example. Why don't I use it? It's like, we'll bring everything into, uh, what is it, Google Google Bigtable, right? All our data is there. And uh, this was, a, this was a, a podcasting software company. And then I'm like, okay, where's the table with all the podcasts? And there's like, then they're like, well, there's one over here. There's one over here. There's one over here. You know, you could check one of them. Maybe the podcast you're looking for might be in all of them, but it might have different data associated with it. And I was like, this is going to drive me crazy. And it did. Um, so, uh, and, and that was a small company. So, you know, it, it just, it just gets worse with scale. Um, one of the questions that I want to ask you is, you know, uh, well, and 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 for the audience, we're we're getting into the cool uh, uh, category theoretical stuff. But but before we go on, I just want to ask, like, okay, what is, how would you break down like the basic software that you guys have built and who uses it yet? Like, what are the what are the pieces that are that are built so well, far? It's, it's a software expression based on a discovery of math. So the discovery of math in this domain of category theory, uh, it, 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 it expressed itself uh, by, by saying that all databases are categories. So essentially- Okay, let's, let's give a very basic, yeah, let's give a very basic category. overview. It might be hard to do on audio, but uh, let's try to do a basic overview of category theory in this. Yeah, you have my permission. So category theory is a, is a meta math. You, you can think of it as uh, something that uh, allows for a transfer of a problem from one domain, say algebra, to another domain, uh, say geometry. Uh, if we think of it in geometry, just a circle, x squared plus y squared equals one, right? Those are just simple Cartesian coordinates, x squared, y squared equals one, that describe a circle. That's an example of a problem that's defined in one particular mathematical space that uh, might want to get translated into another uh, uh, for different types of meaning. So all, there's a whole bunch of different sorts of math, algebra, geometry, ones and that calculus people may have studied uh, that we're all familiar with that solve different sorts of problems. You can't have these problems uh, be uh, anything less than a hundred percent translated, if I can say it that way, between those domains. You can't have four be approximately four, or my example, x squared plus y squared equal one, be something slightly different when it domains. They have to be perfectly translated. Category theory was invented to translate problems from one domain to another. The discovery was that this, this power in math could be applied to databases, and it's in that whole world, it's in that discovery, the whole world opens up. That got translated uh, into software or expressed now into software uh, uh, in the in the 2010s 
uh, and then explored as, as an enterprise uh, product uh, for real commercial deployments for real software, Oracle or, or Google Cloud or, or what have you. Uh, and, and, and in that sort of thing, you can imagine that uh, you might have a simple database uh, a listing of hotels in, a, in your Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. And somebody else has a listing of restaurants, uh, but they're common by city. Uh, you know, that's a type of merging or collaboration uh, of uh, of different viewpoints or, or different data. There's no real data models in that one, but that's just a really simple example of how the databases could get merged together. Another example would be one part of a hospital could have patients uh, and, and the, they'd have clinical records for drugs taken. Another would be having uh, uh, patients, but then clinical records of the testing done. You'd want to merge those. You really have to have uh, guaranteed integrity because literally lives are at stake. Other examples I can I can uh, I can go into, but that's a uh, that's a general simple overview of what category theory math provides to software and database merge. So can we go deeper into one of these like specific examples? Like how does the the category theory? How does the relationship between the data databases and the cat and category theory uh, actually? translate into a real world application? I mean, use the hospital example as one or, or maybe the hotel example. Well, the easy one that uh, people can often grasp and has has a, a lot of business power, if it's not life and death, came from why Uber has crushed Lyft. Uh, you know, they used to be conceived of as being somewhat equal partners in, in competing for passengers, but no longer. And it's because Uber's math is better. Really? Yeah, what... Uber's math is better because of Conexus. Uh, you, you know, math math wins. You know, it's it's foundational. Uh, what, what were what, they using Uber, the math for? Because I I've definitely covered like how they use the math to to price. Is it is it? But but it sounds like in this case it's more of a, a database type thing. Well, everything's really a database type thing. Uh, you know, everybody's gotten the memo about collecting more data. Data being the new oil and all that. And Uber's certainly. Uh, in that camp, they've collected a lot of data uh, about the dynamics of their particular market. Uh, if they want to, you know, when we're recording this in this in the summertime, look at the degree to which uh, <laughs> the play on words, the weather is going to affect driver supply or rider demand, and they want to then match their pricing or other sort of incentives to have that better better reflect. Uh, uh, what people want, they have to have had done that by city or by jurisdiction because it's how they grew up. They had some very smart people. They have an effectively infinite balance sheet to fund an ideal IT infrastructure, but they were paying attention to their business. They weren't building to design an ideal IT infrastructure. So they grew up city by city or jurisdiction by jurisdiction. So when they sure. wanted to do that analysis, they would have to do it for Houston and then Austin and then Dallas. We could do it for a whole state of Texas, let alone the whole United States to just see what the uh, the, the totality uh, of, the, of the supply and demand uh, balance looked like. And this also came into practice when they were looking at the privacy lattice of license plates or driver's licenses, how do they adhere to regulations? That was really hard because they, they could bring these databases together, but there was a certain friction in not having one guaranteed integrity of a data set, one universal data model. They then looked about how to do that and found that all of the existing commercial solutions 
were left wanting. None of them could provide this at the scale they needed it. RDF owls often, you know, that's a little inside baseball technical, but that's a, often a solution. Python coding with a lot of tools from Informatica and Ab Initio is often an alternative, but those also have their fragilities and they're, you know, they have friction, they have time uh, uh, impediments to implementation. So they didn't, they, they wanted something deeper. Uber went next door to Stanford, asked, how do I solve this problem? Because it's not solved with existing commercial solutions. They came back with the solution being in math. That's what the, the faculty at Stanford told them. Then they then Uber looks at who are the leaders in the commercial expression of this math in category theory. And then they found us, Conexus. They found Conexus is because we were recognized and we still are recognized as the leaders in this expression of math. We happen to be 40 miles north of them. And we worked with them over a period of months uh, to solve this problem. And that's the reason Uber's crushed Lyft. Math wins. So I think there are actually people out there who are still uh, like kind of scratching their heads and asking, well, how is a database a, a category? And I, I think you guys have answered that. I've certainly looked at some of your talks that have answered that. Maybe we can get into a little bit like, you know, is a database table a lot like an, an object and category theory? What is an object and category theory? I mean, I maybe we could get, maybe we can... Uh, go into like a simple example, like like the category of sets or something and say how that's the category of databases. Is that is that something that you could help explain maybe a little bit um, without? Yeah, you know, there's, this, there's a particular uh, nomenclature within the, the domain of category theory. I, I find it to be kind of unnecessarily complicating in understanding what category theory is. Uh, I, I think the best way to think about category theory is while it certainly is an abstract math kind of related to type theory, it's often thought of better as graph theory, but graph theory with more structure. Hmm. So graph theory, uh, people often are familiar with just as a, uh, a visualization of a spider web that I might have seen a long time ago. Back when uh, in the early 2000s, there were uh, a lot of explorations for graph theory's application in social dynamics and in, in, in finding terrorist cells and all that sort of stuff. That was a good use of graph theory at the time. Uh, category theory is like that, but it's just infinitely richer. You can add a lot of uh, a lot more information to that. So that's that's a way to think about uh, the, the categories. This what category theory it provides is this compositionality. It, the, the, the future is going to be, uh, uh, you know, foundationally uh, more and more structured. And if you wanted to have something infinitely structured, more, more structured, but scaling infinitely with guaranteed integrity, then you require uh, uh, math to, to provide those guarantees. And category theory is the math uh, behind that. So I, I feel like if you're basing uh, your data models off category theory, you're going to have a much larger range of types of structures that you are able to model that, you know, for example, um, you know, let's take like, like the old school relational database, right? Like I have, um, you know, I have a list of, um, I have a list of employees, I have a department and maybe like, you know, each employee has a department. I have to make sure that the the department ID matches up with the ID in um, 
in, in the department database. That's, uh, you know, that's kind of very simple, like, you know, foreign key, like, you know, hey, uh, I'm, I'm just making sure my data is clean and there's nothing in there I'm not expecting. But like, with category theory, you could do things like, hey, I want this relationship to be, um, uh, to be monotonic. Like, I, or I want this relationship to be, um, you know, to, to, there are more rules that you can code in category theory. Have you found real world uses for that? Well, that's what we do as a business. Uh, that's what Connexus provides uh, as a business is provide the real world applications for the uh, uh, discovery in math in, in category theory. That's what we do. Right. Uh, uh, you know, another example besides uh, it allowing uh, Hooper to dominate its competition in that particular case, you know, comes to us from uh, a large oil and gas company with which we work that uh, has uh, found a particular application in uh, making their uh, wells safer. Uh, so what happens is that uh, if, if exploration has defined a particular area uh, onshore, offshore, that uh, is, is worthy of drilling a hole for to the extraction of these, of these resources, there's another group that comes in there and says, all right, we need to dig the hole. And they need to design how the well is going to be configured. Smart people, petroleum engineers. Right. Uh, but the, the the consequence of making a mistake is such that uh, there's a lot of people overseeing uh, the process of 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 it being uh, uh, designed and then fabricated uh, and then ultimately digging the hole. You know, all separate groups. Uh, people looking at the these these models uh, have to iterate together. Uh, because the the consequence of errors can be catastrophic, as as we knew from Deepwater Horizon. That was somebody just getting frustrated with the timing and essentially just forcing through uh, a decision to dig uh, to dig a hole. Uh, that uh, uh, is, is such a big deal. It happens actually at such a rate that uh, there is there's a lot of motivation to solve these problems. And the engineers currently do it by spending a couple of hours a day iterating with each other to collaborate. What, what the math uh, uh, of category theory provides is, is, is it provides the encapsulation of these logical data diagrams be, that, are, that are created by these various engineers to be uh, merged together without consensus in such a way that you then have a universal data model against which all of the engineers can query uh, and detect logical contradictions. Uh, that's what the, the, the software expression ultimately provides. So it decreases this time to first oil so that a rig uh, no longer has this uncertain six week to six month uh, duration on a particular site, but can shorten that to uh, a predictable two to three weeks. And it also virtually eliminates the, the chance of these catastrophic errors because the logical contradictions between everybody's viewpoint is immediately detected by this universal data model uh, that is created from these categories. So it decreases the time the first oil by merging different people's databases, data models. Everybody creates data models in Excel. Everybody has experience with creating data models in Excel just to keep this super simple. Uh, sure. Imagine those, those data models in Excel just all being uh, merged, but not normalized, You know, not having your own fidelity 
the fidelity of your own data model be compromised, but all of those be merged, uh, and then being able to see other people's viewpoint, other people's data inside the context of your other your own viewpoint. It's actually really uh, really simple, but it's a really beautiful uh, solution to increase safety uh, and uh, increase predictability while uh, decreasing costs uh, for these uh, large deployments. Does this include uh, safety and predictability when it comes to something like uh, schema upgrades? Like, let's say I am, you know, well, something as simple as like adding columns to, to data. Maybe that's not even a real problem uh, in, in, a, in a normal database situation. But, uh, you know, trying to interface between different versions of the same object, like, you know, I have the same object, but this one was created a year ago, and maybe I had a different schema then. Like, you know, it seems like this could help normalize these, uh, you know, uh, 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 these 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 different versions that are floating around out there. Yeah, the funny thing we were just talking about right right before you and I started uh, this conversation was uh, uh, this other expression uh, around schemas, which is being able to detect how they're used. Uh, and when they're used. Uh, so a lot of uh, art data architects will design a schema uh, for a particular use case and then have really no idea whether it's used or what the actual deployment, what the use case looks like, and how users are actually hitting the databases, what uh, yeah. this, what connect, the, the software of Connexus is able to provide is uh, a, a, a comprehensive look a comprehensive view about how these schemas are actually used, a, a, a thorough enterprise-wide map uh, of what is dark in the enterprise, what data is being collected but uh, but unused, to give new power to the architects to design new schema. How how do you see this interfact, uh, uh, interacting with applications in uh, machine learning um, and, and AI, if you will? It already seems like what you're building is incredibly intelligent software, so it almost seems like this is part of an intelligent system. Yeah, well, well this is, uh, if you'd like to put the name to it, uh, uh, categorical machine learning or categorical AI. You know, there's a, so there's often a, a misnomer about what AI is. Uh, you know, the way I think of it is that, you know, deep learning is a subset of machine learning. Machine learning is a subset of AI. And there are non-machine learning AIs. That's this. This is, gotcha. this is deterministic AI. Call it categorical ML. Call it deterministic AI. But this is this is AI. It is a uh, uh, you know, foundationally different than uh, than deep learning. It, it provides some different uh, uh, value, uh, but it is a, a breathtakingly sophisticated system uh, per, that that I think ultimately works in uh, in union. Uh, with those other technologies to provide the value for these large organizations. So people often ask me like, you know, okay, what's the difference between machine learning AI? And I say the exact same thing you do, but people sometimes ask, what is an example of AI that's not machine learning? And I usually, I have answers, but I'm usually like, well, you know, it's expert systems, it's, you know, symbolic logic and things like that. But those are like very old examples. I feel like I have uh, uh, through Conexus now a much more, uh, updated example, if that makes sense, um, of a you know the problem that, with non yeah. non ML AI is that they didn't scale. At least that's my view. Mm. Uh, you know those are terrific systems, but even today people try yeah. implementing many of those technologies, and they'll get to 
uh, a certain limit, and that limit's not actually not very large, uh, before it just flops. Uh, and then they end up having to code these, these qualitative uh, attributes that make it even worse. Uh, yeah, what? or it ends up turning into machine learning. Like you end up saying, well, this doesn't scale, so now I have yeah. to do something a little more probabilistic. And then, yeah. and then you're doing machine learning before you know it. Yeah, and, and, and so there are times where uh, hard rules uh, are appropriate. It can just have your system yeah. scale. Uh, it can have it be uh, uh, safer, uh, uh, cheaper. Uh, it, it, it's just uh, often appropriate to be just doing these in combination to, you know, I'm just not religious about relying on uh, probabilistic systems uh, when, when a combination of deterministic and probabilistic solution is a better answer. So who, who do you think is uh, good to use your system? Uh, you know, you've mentioned some, some large companies that are using it. Uh, do you see like startups possibly having benefits from it? Um, and it's okay if you, if that's not who you're after, do you see maybe, you know, individual data scientists or, or people like that taking a look at this? Uh, who, who, like, you know, what's your, what's your scope of, of, of who can use the stuff you're building? You know, in theory, the discovery in math, uh, it can have wide, we'll say infinite uh, applicability. That's just the nature of discoveries in math. Uh, when they now then get expressed into software, uh, it, it's really up to uh, each uh, organization, you know, Connexus in our case, uh, in, in the ex particular expression that we're going to tackle. Uh, so there are other companies that are expressing uh, discoveries in category theory. You know, one that doesn't get a lot of press is quantum computing. Uh, and, and you know, I think the reason is because quantum computing is sexy by itself. You know, everybody wants yeah. to uh, you know dig into the physics of quantum computing, but you know, quantum compilers uh, are powered by by category theory, by type theory. You know, they're 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 powered by this abstract math. If it wasn't for that abstract math, we wouldn't be able to interpret what what quantum computers generate. So we in that way, we wouldn't even have quantum computers if not for this math. But that doesn't get a lot of press because it's just a lot less interesting to talk about uh, from a media narrative. You know, another one that has similar dynamics is in smart contracts on the blockchain. Also, uh, a, sex, a sexy domain with potentially very interesting uses that wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for this abstract math. Connexus just has its own expression uh, applied to databases. Uh, and we have our own a product development roadmap that makes it more applicable to some domains than others on a particular yeah. trajectory. What we find time, today is that any... those, the profile of those companies are, are those that generally have a lot of databases. Generally about five, if you have five databases that you're trying to merge, uh, that is uh, a place to be. If you're trying to collaborate uh, uh, along a team of, of engineers with, you know, with sophisticated data models, that's often also uh, a good place when when track for for traction start starting to emerge uh, for for Connexus's solutions. Yeah, I was going to say if there's any time when I want um, you know something cert code to be provably correct, it's when uh, yeah, it's it's when you have large sums of money in a smart contract, which yeah. uh, many people have uh, uh, you know have have, have been uh, wiped out that way. Um, how how was this? Oh, this this question might be too much of a too much of a rabbit hole, but like, how was this developed at, uh, this was developed at MIT, correct me if I'm wrong. 
how did this just grow out of like the computer science department saying, Hey, like this is cool math. And then someone saying, I guess I'm kind of interested in how, uh, pure research turns into, um, applications. So, uh, you know, is, is that just what happened? Like people were, someone was studying math and computer science and eventually it just got picked up, uh, by industry. You're one of our co-founders is uh, Professor David Spivak. Uh, uh, to have the Institute tell it, it's the first ever spin out of MIT's math department. Uh, so this is a spin out from math, not from computer science. Uh, 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 Spivak's uh, PhD is in math, but me and my other co-founder, uh, Dr. Wisniewski, our PhDs are in computer science. We're not mathematicians. You know, Spivak's a special person uh, in in his his particular uh, expertise. I, 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 this isn't really true, but I kind of joke that he's he's so far out there in math uh, that you don't really uh, trust him to calculate the tip at a restaurant. I mean, you know, he well, he's yeah. in he's that's, in he's in another lot planet. Of us. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, Dr. Wazeski and I are pretty good at math and the rest of our team, we're pretty good. Uh, he's, he's at a different level. You know, it took about uh, $20 million, $20 million uh, about and a team, a 20, little less than $20 million, but a, te- uh, but a team of about 20 over four years uh, to turn this into uh, uh, something that approached the suggestion of a commercial uh, offering, and that was led by uh, Dr. Wisniewski uh, before it then spun out of MIT uh, in 2015. So it, it was a good amount of time, a good amount of of people hours, of people years uh, to, to to turn research into something uh, that could then be productized. So the timeline has has been you know, quite long now. It was, it, the discovery happened in 2011. It spun out of MIT in 2015, uh, and now here in 2022. Uh, we have a, a, a scalable, a repeatable and scalable commercial uh, offering that is very attractive to the largest organizations. So uh, what is uh, CQL and what's this relationship to, you know, SQL, which most people listening would have heard of or, or other querying languages? Yeah, it was, it, it was an intentional alliteration that they can both pronounce, be pronounced as SQL. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's terrible. You know, I'm Conexus, sorry. <laughs> Connexus uh, SQL. Uh, uh, was was intended, uh, or or really, uh, uh, the conceit at the time was uh, that it could be a replacement for for SQL. It's it's meant to uh, have people familiar with SQL just to be able to jump right in in, in an afternoon uh, uh, and start at it in creating these uh, logically complete emergent uh, compositional systems. Uh, and that's what it does. What we are working to do and always had intended to do is uh, create a more uh, user-friendly wrapper uh, so that those uh, you know, not spending their day coding uh, can uh, uh, onboard themselves into uh, composing uh, ever-increasing compositional systems. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so it sounds like it's easy to learn for someone who is who is jumping over from from another system. So that's that's pretty great. Um, it also sounds like this is this is such a vast this whole you know this whole relationship between category theory and databases and, um, and, uh, and data integrity. Um, what, what would you suggest to people who are listening, who are like, you know, Hey, uh, wow, I'd like to learn more about this. Uh, where can people go, uh, uh to learn more and, and also maybe any last thoughts before you wrap up? Yeah. Connexus CQL has an open source component that is, is widely available. You can download it. Uh, uh, that operates in memory, uh, so that if, 
uh, somebody provides value in that for their particular organization, they can, the commercial license provides speed and scale. Uh, but it, it certainly hints at all the uh, compositionality and integrity uh, of, of the commercial offerings. This, this has application every, in, in everywhere from uh, energy, as we talked about, to transportation, uh, but also into uh, aviation uh, and shipping. It has wide applicability uh, whenever there are high consequence uh, data models to be merged. Do you have any like uh, I'm sure you have like instructional videos for for are there for people who uh, who want to learn more about the mathematics of it? Um, if you do have that, send that along. I'd love to uh, post it on the show notes page for this. Um, Eric, yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, yeah, uh, any final things before we go? Uh, what's the final pitch on 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 just just you know one website or wherever people should go? And uh, yeah, conexus.com is, is our website. You'll find a lot of resources. Certainly there's an infinite depth of uh, resources and category theory, either from our co-founder, David Spivak, or, or many others like Eugenia Chang, has some good general audience category theory books that, that also have a lot of sophistication to them. Uh, I, I think the, the, the future is in formal methods with uh, the increasing compositionality powered by category theory. And that's, you might say the more math, the better. Uh, but if I were to choose, I would, I might even diminish the emphasis of geometry, trigonometry, and even calculus for statistics, probability, and category theory. All right, Eric, this is, um, in terms of the, the vastness of the subject, this is, uh, this was on, on level hard for, for trying to, uh, um, put this in a, in a, in a podcast audio format. And, uh, and I think you did a great job. Thank you so much for being on the show. It was a great time. Thanks for having me. All right. I want to know what you think. Let me know what you took away from that episodes on the locals at maximum.locals.com. And maybe we can get into a more detailed discussion about some of the things that uh, we were talking about today. Uh, my next interview on the show, which is uh, going to be, could be next week, could be the following week after that. Um, I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but we're going to return to career. We're going to return down to earth, I think some people would say, in terms of the uh, the, uh, the mathematics uh, uh, um, um, discussion. But I was, uh, in terms of this, the, this one coming up, I was so impressed with the way this discussion about the job search happened. Even if you've done the job search like a thousand times, you are not going to hear it like this. So please stay tuned for that. And um, look forward, you can look forward next week and every week to more great episodes of The Local Maximum. Have a great week, everyone. That's the show. To support The Local Maximum, sign up for exclusive content and our online community at Maximum.Locals.com. The Local Maximum is available wherever podcasts are found. If you want to keep up, remember to subscribe on your podcast app. Also, check out the website with show notes and additional materials at LocalMaxRadio.com. If you want to contact me, the host, send an email to LocalMaxRadio at gmail.com. Have a great week. Feel the power.